0: I'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. Today with us is Coach Joel Dirge from Tip City. Welcome, Coach. Hey, it's good to be here. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Play kind of where you've been played and
1: coached, and any systems that you felt like have had a huge uh, impact on your coaching. Well, where I've been is just two places. My alma mater, where I where I played uh, green and high school football uh, back in the day. We were had the opportunity to win three, three titles there as a sophomore, junior, and senior, and then I hopped on coaching. I know you, you had Derry on this show, but I hopped on coaching when I was 18 and a half in the middle school football at Greenan, and then uh, I stayed there for five years during my undergrad where I worked on my, my phys ed license and all that good stuff, and then and then when I, when I got out of college and things like that, I was still looking for a job and went back, got my master's as an intervention specialist, and, and I landed a job here uh, at tip city in 2013 and haven't looked back. Uh, you know, when I, when I came here in 2013, I was the defensive coordinator for Charlie Burbacher. Uh, and then the offensive coordinator stepped down that that's after that season. So I switched over and was the offensive coordinator the next year. And then moving forward after that, Charlie resigned as a, as the head coach. So I took over the program for four years as the head coach and, uh, coordinated both sides of the ball, and, and not at the same time, of course, but uh, did, did a lot of work on special teams as well, and then, um, you know, had, had two boys, and uh, as you mentioned, on Saturday mornings, it's fun. You know, I'm coaching three-year-old soccer. You're going to see your son play uh, college football, so we're different, different age groups, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, been, it's been fun to transition as an assistant coach and work for for Charlie back as an assistant, and Matt Burbacher as the head coach, and and those are the guys that have influenced me the most here at Tip. Uh, you know, they Charlie hired me on as a as a 22, 23 year old defensive coordinator uh, at a very important time of 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 that 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 time frame where you know we had one of the best teams in school history. Uh, we went 12 and one my first year here as the D coordinator, and he put a lot of trust in a, a 23 year old defensive coordinator and uh, and and it means that that meant so much to me and that's what I've been running is the 50 defense uh, for for at least eight years Um, and before that time I was I was at Greenan, and I had a lot of influences through Josh Wooten Kevin Finch and John Jewell Uh, we ran the spread offense there in the 40 defense but that was you know nine seasons ago but I still (laughs) remember a lot from those guys and and they taught me how to get after it so uh, it's, it's it's been fun
0: well, you know, that, that's kind of what's been cool to hear from some of the stories is the number of younger guys who are getting shots. And I can tell you coaching against you um, for for a couple of those years that it was – we always knew we had to bring our stuff because we knew your kids were going to get prepared and, you know, they knew what was going to go on. Now, you you when you started, was Tip City still in the CBC?
1: Yeah, in 13 we were in the CBC, uh, and then 14 we were as well. And in my first year as the head coach – we were still in the CBC. That was our final year, uh, and we went nine and one that year. But uh, that jump to the G Walk was no joke, and uh, <laughs> it's and obviously now it's the MVL, but it's it's been a challenge, and our kids, I think for the most part, stepped up to it.
0: Yeah, and I I agree. A lot of people said, "What is Tip City doing? They're one of the best programs in that." You know, everybody calls it a smaller school division, and it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mainly threes, fours, and fives, right? Hmm. And, and then there's, you know, Tecumseh's the outliers, the two. But, yeah, you know, it, but then you jumped into a league that was all ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And for your kids, you know, for people that don't understand, Division One's the largest school uh, in, in Ohio. Those guys usually have 600 or more boys in them. And then four, you know, it works its way down. Um, we have seven total divisions here in Ohio. But, you know, you guys were playing all those schools, and then you jumped up to where you're playing schools that are two three times your size and your kids were battling and you know I, I thought you guys were competing real well i'm like hey you give them a chance uh tip's gonna have 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 a chance because those kids play hard mm-hmm. and, and and from what we saw as opposing coaches you were really well coached so you know I, i'm glad you stuck around and i will tell you this about your boys don't miss a time you know i was coaching track and now my old my youngest He's a senior, and I got to coach him. I was on the staff while he was uh, coaching, while he was playing here at Xenia. But now I'm the head boys lacrosse coach, and I really got into it because he said, "Dad, you coached Peyton in track. Why won't you coach me in lacrosse now that he's gone?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, I guess." And you know, I'm, I'm learning lacrosse as I go, and it's fun. But it's don't miss time with your kids because I don't. I don't care what it is. You, you, you won't regret – there's never time that I've regretted like, oh, man, I did this. I went and spent time watching them do this, um, and, and I didn't go to a – you know, I didn't go do this for football or whatever. But absolutely, take time with those boys. You yeah, I've heard that a
1: lot, and I definitely respect the, the people saying that for sure.
0: And, and, you know, what's funny is having boys is different because the boys can hang out with you at practice more. They can walk through the locker room. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing because things (laughs) they repeat from the locker room. You got to make sure mom, like, Hey, we don't say stuff we heard in the locker room, especially around mom. Mom gets a little, (laughs) mom gets a little fired up when we hear the the, the stories about being in the locker room. All right, coach. Now you said you were, you know, and I, and I even assumed you were more of an offensive guy because I forgot that first year you were there at tip that you were the DC. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have spent a lot of time as a defensive coordinator and we're going to talk a little bit about your bend-don't-break defense. So, Coach, you want to go ahead and share your screen here for the viewers, and uh, we'll sit here and talk a little bit about your
1: bend-don't-break. All righty. Go ahead with your question, or you just want me uh, to go? Yeah, or? just go ahead and go. Okay. Uh, this, is, this was basically an off-season study we did last season during the pandemic and things like that. Uh, you know, like we mentioned and talked about, uh, I've been coaching the, the bend-don't-break defense for, for eight years. Uh, we we call the the fifty for, we call it a fifty. Some teams might call it a three four, uh, but you know we we really stride ourselves on on you know giving up four yard plays here and there, a hitch here and there, uh, and and making sure, you know, you guys listening to this podcast know what a bend don't break defense is. But you know this this film wasn't intentionally for this podcast or anything. It was more for our kids to to sell to them. You know what what the bend don't break philosophy is and, and things like that. And a lot of this is more, I guess, defensive back-wise, um, because we, we want to teach not just not just defensive backs, but outside linebackers and and stuff like that. We want to teach the guys and show them film of you know what "bren don't break" looks like. So I stole this from Rutgers. Um, you know, the "men don't break" philosophy for all the coaches watching this is is as they know that you know you want to give up short gains but don't give up big gains. Uh, the the thing there on the right you see is. You know, the big one for me is, uh, you know, hopefully they're starting on the 20-yard the line because that's, you know, what you want on a kickoff or what Well, yeah, because you guys have had a kicker for the past couple <laughs> of years that, like, we could have kicked it from the 20 and he's going to put it in the end zone. Oh, uh, that's been – I mean, uh, going to state uh, championship in soccer the last two years has definitely blessed the football program. And, <laughs> back the eight years I've been here, you know, the first year I was here we had a kicker that kicked 77 straight extra points. I think that's in the record books for Ohio, but, right. and and since then it's, it's just been rolling. Those guys have, have done awesome, but, you know, statistically, obviously this is the college game, but you know, it translates to the high school as well as, so, you know, if they start 80 yards away. They, they have a 13% chance to score. And I'm big on statistics. I love teaching math uh, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, also, if they're, if, they're, if they're 80 yards away, you know, I, Charlie says this all the time, they have 16 white stripes to go, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, there's first and 10, there's second and eight, there's third and three and all that good stuff, but they have 16 white stripes they got to go. Um, so through these plays, and this is what we, I sent to the, the boys, in, I guess, in April or so. Uh, through these plays, you'll see a common theme where we're forcing the ball underneath in pattern match zones, uh, which requires the offense to be patient, of course, and go the length of the field. Uh, it, you know, we never ask our kids. We never ask one player to cover two of their players. Uh, you know, f- for for you guys, obviously, you understand that. You know, if they have a four vertical threat, we don't want to be in cover three, if possible. But all DB coaches drill that. They all they all have drills in case that were to happen. But we don't want to put our kids in that situation. And then at times, you'll see in the, in, in some of these clips where, uh, you know, we, don't have, we have two guys covering one of theirs, or maybe even a one, you know, you'll understand when I show the film, but one and a half of the guys covering one of their guys, but never, ever, ever is, is, two, is one guy covering two. And obviously that's the philosophy of the bend, don't break. So there's a better picture of that uh, for, the, for those watching. Even if they're at the 40-yard line, there, there's, a, there's a 40% chance they'll score points, a 20% chance they'll score a touchdown. So field position is certainly big. All right. So what I'll do is I'll start with um this one here. We're gonna watch this corner up top, and th- this is this is what we show our kids. Perfect cover two palms, uh what we want. Now we're playing a team from Northmont that's pretty darn good. And this quarterback, of course, led led our uh league in in passing that year. But what you notice here, and I'm not gonna get super adept in depth in into DB play because this is more about the philosophy. But this kid does a really good job of angle dropping. And when the ball is getting ready to be thrown, he does a great job of being on the outside leverage of the, of the fade route, to, so the safety can help over the top. And when it actually leaves his fingertips, the corner is still, you know, outside, outside leverage. And we have two kids, of course, covering their one. Two kids covering their one. He does a really good job of staying in phase. And as a slow-mo, you see at the end of the day, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and it's an incomplete pass. Hey, Coach, I think that clip right there shows a lot of why I think these bend
0: don't break principles work, because high school quarterbacks, very are it takes a hard one to find one that's very patient. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I mean, if you look, you know, we can all see it now that it's, you know, slowed down. That out route, is, is open, but he doesn't want to throw the five yard out. He wants to go for the big one over top. So right. I, I think that's a great philosophy to have, this bend, don't break thing, because high school quarterbacks and their patience sometimes
1: are not very good. Yeah, and, and, and this kid was was really, really good. And, of course, we'll see some film of some other kids that weren't. But the very next clip, what does their offensive coordinator do? He does a really good job. Uh, he calls the same exact play. Now tells him, throw the out. Yeah, he tell you. He screams at him, throw the out. Now, we want our kids in theory to be five by one outside. But what is this kid? He's like eight yards off. Why? I mean, those kids are athletic. Uh, you know, the the kid across from him is pretty good. So we don't teach him to be that deep. But what you see here is they call the the very next play, and he tells him to throw the out. Now, when the ball is thrown, and it's hard to see, but there's the ball. When the ball is thrown, the corner's still on top of the fade. He's got his foot in the ground doing a great job of T-stepping, and I won't get into too much technique, but does a great job. The safety is getting the same read. And when the ball is thrown, that's, you know, I, I would suggest to all coaches, whenever you're starting a drill defensively, do it with a, with a ball being thrown because once the ball is thrown, uh, that's, that's, that's the breaking point. And that corner does a great job of breaking off on it, getting them on the ground, and at the end of the day, it's a three-yard game and we're forcing them to snap the ball again. It's third and seven, and I don't think they have converted. Um, but here's another here's another view of it. Again, these are just teaching points for our kids. Now he's getting – now this corner is getting – same coverage, by the way. He's just getting the bubble. We get a lot of bubbles because, of course, we, we force the underneath route. But let's, let's all watch number 20 down here. He, he doesn't do a good job of, again, technique I'm not going to get into too much, but doesn't even backpedal, which we don't want. But at the end of the day, he gets the guy on the ground for a zero-yard gain. That's all good and, and stuff. But the very next play, what does their offensive coordinator try to do? Bubble you know, and go. To, they, try to, they, they try to go bubble and go. And, again, the kid does not do a good job of technique. He, he shuffles forward for some reason. Um, <laughs> but when the ball leaves his fingertips, there's the ball leaving fingertips, the bubble is open. I think we can all agree that on that. Uh, you know he's not on top like the other the other corner was in the other film, but at the end of the day, as I go slow mo, you know he gets a hand on that football he doesn't catch it, but you know we 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 and all all teams need to find corners that can do both of those two things and uh at the end of uh the last clip here of that game the, this is the last play of the game where now this they're going the other way of course, and we're looking at that corner up top um you know it's it's third and third and 10. And he sees the number two breaking out and he breaks on the football and, uh, and picks it off for the win. And you can see how excited our guys are because it's so important to start the season, season one and oh. Absolutely. Um, but wow. those are, those are, uh, so those are good plays of, of cover two read uh, where we'll give the underneath up as long as it's not a seven, eight yard game. Um, but he, here's a bad one. Um, we're, we're, this was uh, 2019. We are this this kid right here he is lined up at tight end. His number is 55. Okay, we know that he uh, in high school rules here in Ohio can't catch the football. We all coaches all know that. So as I go to the as I go to the uh, the end zone camera, here is our safety. Here is our safety. You know his read is number two, but there isn't a number two. The number 55 can't be number two, and, and even if he was a tight end. They say he was 85. What's he doing? He's he's pass blocking, so it should be a very easy read for that that safety. And again, this was for our kids to 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 get your butt over there. Um, and then the corner does a man turn on him. He doesn't force him to the inside, and a perfectly thrown ball will will beat that. And we were able to use that as a as a teaching point for our kids because that because we can't give up the the big the big gains. And feel free to stop me anytime because I love to talk and (laughs) oh hey, I'm hey I'm I'm sitting here taking notes, Coach. This is a clinic for me. Cool. Okay, so we get a lot of bubble screens, of course. Now we're in cover three. So if you're gonna do a lot of this bend don't break stuff, you gotta work your open field tackling. That's a whole another discussion. But we our DBs have to be able to tackle in space. Our outside linebackers have to be able to tackle in space. I know you guys run a very similar defense, but here's the bubble screen. It's getting thrown out there. So we work a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of drills where we have a defensive end coming down the line of scrimmage, and I use those terms interchangeably: defensive right. end, outside linebacker. It's uh, all the same. It just depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie will yell at me and say they're ends, and then you know Fenwick will say they're outside backers, and I don't know what <laughs> you'll say, but uh, you know I'll we say all- yes, <laughs>
0: we yes.
1: Screens a lot, and we just got to get the guy on the ground. Um, now, Coach, the better. You know, you have had some really good players. Is the better your
0: corner is, are you less likely to see the bubble because he can come up and take that away so quickly?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that most teams you know, coaching offense helps a lot too. I've coached quarterbacks, and if you can get five yards, you try to take it. Right. Um, uh, you know, you we'll see, and you'll see in coming up here, you, we'll see just that receiver block, and we'll and we'll see that receiver run a slant. So, you know, I think if I were coaching offense and this corner's a really good tackler, then I'd probably I'd probably just run a slant to make him cover, you know, versus trying to block him and make him make him tackle. Um I think I think that you know, it, the better the 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 corner is at tackling, the better you can be. I think we put our best tacklers probably at safety, but you know, it, just staring at this and and, and remember back in 2016 this kid started the year at safety. And we moved in moved him to corner. So I, and it's it's tough because we, we don't recruit our kids. And uh, right. we we got, you know, we're we're not Ohio State or Alabama. We don't go get to pick <laughs> the kids. We got yeah. whoever's
0: walking in our halls.
1: Right. So so you know, I mean, it's it's year to year what what you can and can't do. For, right here, I, I mean, this was the it's play fifteen. So it's got to be the opening drive if my memory's right. But you know, going going in the game plan is if they give us two by two, we were probably going to be too high, and that is number one. bend, don't break of course, because, uh, again, we don't want this kid to be in the middle of the field and maybe this kid to be down and force this kid to cover two, if possible. So right. early in the game, you can see this was the game plan. Um, and what are they going to do? They, uh, they they, try to get us to jump off sides. They look <laughs> to the sideline. And, and we all know what they're going to do. They're going to throw a bubble. And But it's important you teach your kids. They're going to throw a bubble when they check to the sideline. So be ready for it. And I think this is a pretty good reaction. Um, and it all goes back to they have to snap the ball. The quarterback has to catch the ball. quarterback has to turn to his, his, his weaker side. He's got to put the ball on the upfield shoulder. I'm counting to four now. Uh, this ball is caught, you know, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. On paper and in a clinic, I guess this is a clinic, but uh, that, that bubble should get seven yards. But it's not a perfect world. That ball is thrown a little bit low. And this safety right here, I think he's playing at Finley now. He does, he has a pretty good reaction to come down and put this guy on the ground for a two yard game. If we can play if we can stay too high and drop bubble screens for a two yard game, we want to stay that way. But Coach, if, but if we can't, we got to make an adjustment. Coach, how do you deal with the team that's gonna go three by one against you with your with your philosophy of bend, don't break? You know, I think the first thing you want to do if they go three by one is you want to look at that that isolated receiver. Is he a stud? Do we need to bracket him at all? Um, if if he's if he's if he's average, or maybe they don't even, you know, some teams I have played always have that single receiver be the single receiver on ah. the flip sides, of course. Right. Other other teams, like you know, you stay on our bench and you go to their bench, and it is what it is, because uh, we just we just want to go fast. But I think the first thing you got to evaluate is 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 there is their single receiver a stud or not? And, and number two. Uh, there's three different ways we'll we'll try to play the loose trips, the three-by-one trips, um, to to give them a different look. But, you know, you always go into – I think every coach goes into a game with a base plan of what you're going to practice against trips. And then if they keep throwing bubble screens and they're getting – our kids know this, our coaching staff knows this, so when it happens, you know, the adjustment is is fast. But, you know, if they're getting eight yards every bubble screen, then there's going to be a timeout called – on the second or third one, and we're going to adjust. But, you know, you go into the game right. saying, this kid is going to go play Division II football, and we like his ability to tackle in space. So they're not going to throw bubble screens for a bunch of yards on us. Right. That's the, hope. That's the hope. hope. So Again, going back to this, I mean, this is, again, a teaching tool for our kids. We're going to watch this corner up top. They've been throwing that bubble screen. Now it's play 19. They've been throwing that bubble screen. Uh, on us and they flare this back out now what's this corner do he takes steps up he takes step up and obviously he slips now even if he doesn't slip don't we all think he's going to go play that bubble right yep yeah and and what we can't have is that uh what we cannot have is that and, and you know we have a lot less clips of that versus uh the good ones you know we have a lot more good ones than bad ones but again teaching tool for our kids is don't don't jump that bubble if it's if, if they're not going to throw it every time, and we'll we'll, we'll circle back to this game and, and we actually win the game by not allowing that if that makes sense, Coach. Now what you who is your corner reading? Is he reading number two? In this in this circumstance, yeah, he's reading two because number three's in the backfield. Right now, at the end of the day, number three kind of becomes a number three, right. and but the corner is always reading two to 1 if it's a, if it's a 2 by 1 set or a two detached set but you know if, if it's a trip set he, then he will read 2 to 3 um so yeah he's reading he's reading he's reading 2 so i don't know i don't know what brings him up other than they thrown two bubble bubble screens already the eye candy of number 2 running Yeah, at because <laughs> yeah because number 2 in this circumstance runs a slant right and that's kind of what what i talked about earlier if that corner is a really good tackler you know, make those guys run some routes so they cover him. But that kid's that kid that, that that jumped that for whatever reason he he's playing baseball at Ohio State. So he's a really good athlete. Yeah, he he can play. <laughs> yeah, just made a made a bad decision there. All right, so let's go into what happens when they roll out. I think these are some really good clips for for your watch uh, your viewers. Um, when they roll out, again we're gonna go. We're playing uh, cover three here. So deep third by the corner, uh, curl flat by the safety. Our defensive end is on the line of scrimmage, so uh, there's a guy running deep off the screen, which you can't see. But this guy's going to do the ten yard out, and this tight end is going to block and then and then run his little arrow concept. Okay, if I pause it right there, this curl flat defender, what we want him to do is is backpedal and defend the ten yard out with the free safety coming over the top, and it should look like that. But and and then this is this is kind of wide open. Now again, the technique is terrible. He turns around. We're looking at this kid here. He he gets turned around. I don't know why he spins. Um, but what we do if we pause it right here, what we want to say is this kid is covering half of the ten yard out, and the other half of him is covering that, because the defensive end linebacker are are, are rushing for this play, um, and this kid is covering that kid, and this kid is covering that kid. So we have in this little square or rectangle we have one and a half guys covering their one going back to that slide i had at the beginning so what's the quarterback going to do he makes the right decision comes up underneath again this is a second and 11 it says and our philosophy is we want you to snap the ball again we don't want you nobody wants anybody to score but this kid's going to come up again this is seven yards so at the end of the day it's too much it's too much we can't allow that. Obviously, he gets turned around, and it's too, too much of a gain. But the very next play was, if if you see this referee up here at the top, he's spotting it for a third and three, third and four. They didn't convert that third and three, or that third and four, and and that's and that's what we want. Um, here's a three by one. So you see us defending at cover three. Kind of ask that question again. We kind of look at that guy on the back, but they're going to run the same play. He's going to he's going to roll out. And we want our curl flat defender defending the curl first or the 10-yard out-ish and making them throw the flat. There's the flat. It's open. Again, too much for for the purposes of this, um, but this is the best clips I could find to help our kids learn it. Too much. It's an eight-yard gain. Again, the same kid comes up, makes the tackle. So it became a third and four. They ran the ball. Uh, They became a fourth and two, and they fumbled the snap. Uh, so we got the stop, even though there was an eight-yard gain there on the second and 12, and that's, and that's kind of what we, what we try to teach our, our kids. And then, and then this is just the end zone view of this game because the side, as you can see, how sunny it was. Uh, this is the bad clip of it. So same concept, different team. What you'll see here is here's the curl flat defender, a different team, a different year, same defense. The curl flat defender is doing what? He's running to the flat along with the outside linebacker they're both going to defend the flat so what's the quarterback gonna do he's gonna throw he's gonna throw the 10 yard out and that is a 23 yard gain versus the eight or the seven that you saw on on the other clips and so we have two guys covering the flat zero guys covering the 10yard out we can talk about this could be in late as well but uh, nobody wants 23 yard gains so not good. <laughs> no, not at all. That, that, that is an explosive play. Can't
0: have too many those in the game.
1: Nope, nope. So then, then the next kind of concept we want to teach our kids is uh, slant, slant arrow. We get a lot of those. Uh, I guess we got one more, one more rollout. Sorry. One more rollout. You can see that this is now our outside linebacker playing the curl flat. He's doing the same thing as what you, you saw the safety doing. He does a little bit better of a job of being in between this in that, and the safety needs to come down and rob this thing. But he, he's in between just enough for this ball to be thrown just a little bit high and dropped. You know, again, the, is the flat open? Yeah, but it it is first and ten. Is the flat open? Yes, but you mentioned, and every defensive coach knows that they don't they don't throw that very often. Nope, not unless the coach yells at them, throw yeah. me out. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, here's another rollout, different concept now. this I think this is the epitome of them all, right? Okay, it's third and four, and they're running hitch corner. It's, it's third and four, and they're running hitch corner. We can all agree that if he throws this ball to number five, it is a first down. It is a first down. But, and can we agree that we have three guys covering <laughs> this guy? <laughs> yeah, so, let me throw that ball. Yeah, so he ends up not throwing throwing that and takes off and run and, and becomes short but we just again it's a teaching tool to our kids hey the quarterback ain't gonna throw this every time and that was a very good quarterback I know that his coaches are going to watch this and he might watch this and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody of course but he makes it he's a very good runner he makes a decision to run it just didn't work out for him on that play um, but you, you see you see what what forcing the flat can be so I got tons of a ton of these. I'm going to skip through a few, especially uh, West Carrollton, because I don't want uh, coach, coach to get after us. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but th- th- those are actually 80-yard plays. So, for the purpose of, of this uh, – yeah, I want that one. For the purpose of this this uh, clinic, you know, well, we want to see good ones. Um, so, the, the concept – you know, we talked about rolling out. Now the concept is going to be slant and an arrow. Okay, and the key point here is what should this kid do? He should, he should, you know, sink underneath the slant and be underneath the slant when the ball is thrown and then react to that, just like, just like that flood concept you saw earlier. So when the quarterback hits the back of his drop, you know, can he throw the slant? I don't think so because this kid's in the window. Yes, he's breaking on the out, probably. Well, let me rewind it just a little bit. Can he throw the slant here? You know, not really, because this kid's sitting underneath it, so he is going to choose the out. And again, another talented quarterback, but high school front, thrown from the left hash, all the way out to the to the numbers there, under some direct duress, uh, the quarterback's just not going to be hundred percent on those. Coach, how much do you teach those guys to read the front shoulder of the quarterback? A lot. I mean, you talking
0: about the, the the DBs? The DBs, your outside linebacker there. Because I think, you know, I, I, even, I even teach my line, inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Like, read that front shoulder of that quarterback because if he's going to throw the slant, it's going to be where the slant route is. But if he has already checked off of it and he's throwing the arrow, he, you're going to see more the back of his jersey. You're going to see – he's throwing the out and it'll help you jump the 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 out route on that and help the break
1: yeah I mean I learned I definitely learned something there I I teach more about the fingertips and when the ball is released uh, more than where the shoulders are pointed so that's that's really good because because I know uh, he's going to throw the arrow here so I can see the back of his jersey a ton
0: right and especially if they're throwing the bubble I told those guys I said you'll know whether it's bubble slant or bubble go whether he's throwing the bubble I said because if you see the back of his jersey run for the bubble because that's where that ball's going
1: mm-hmm, absolutely I said he's not
0: John Elway he's not going to do that and then flip his hips and automatically throw the backside fade I said that guy is not around anymore
1: yeah and I think I think the to answer your question the big thing that I do is don't break on it until it leaves his fingertips because we saw that that quarter that second baseman going to Ohio State. He didn't do that, and it was, it was a 37-yard touchdown. So, you know, we I do a drill in our tackling circuit. It's just a two-on-one tackle, and the two guys, you know, stand next to me on my left and my right, and I throw the ball down there. I'm sure you've seen it. I throw the ball down there to one guy, and those two guys work together to go tackle him. But at the same time, I say, you can't leave until I th- I, the ball leaves my fingertips. And I pump fake just for the heck of it sometimes, right. you know, you know, don't leave until it leaves my fingertips. Don't leave. And, and as soon as I, as soon as it leaves my hand, then they sprint down there. It's like a 17 ish, you know, we just work between the hashes and, they run down there and they, they tackle the guy or whatever. Or we do a, we do a drill similar
0: and it's it's kind of fun. We can talk about it. It's, it's, I I know the, the drill you're exactly talking
1: about. Yeah, it's just a two on one. We call it compression tackle. Yep.
0: But again, I, I
1: just I just kind of drill all this. Bend, don't break stuff into it. Don't leave until it leaves my fingertips. Right. And okay. So then you know just continuing on that, we got a slant by the flanker here, and we got an arrow by the uh, the tight end. And I, th- I think we're in a nickel coverage here. So here's our nickel back, actually. But what's he going to do? The same thing. He's a curl-flat defender. And he's going to he, – he's sitting right underneath, you know, you know it's third and six. So we can't allow that slant. He's sitting right underneath the slant. The tight end's running the arrow. The ball might get tipped there. I don't know. Uh, but the, the, the guy doesn't catch it. You know, there are a lot of things have to happen right, especially in high school football, for them to get the snap, catch the snap, turn the shoulders you know, throw the ball accurately, catch the ball accurately, and, to, and get upfield, you know. So Very you much. Know, yeah. Very much so. Just a bunch of clips of them throwing the ball underneath uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, I'll kind of, uh, you know, the, going back to the, this, this Vandalia-Butler game, remember them throwing the bubble on us on the first drive? Yep. Well, here they are, uh, play 145. They're, I think they're down seven points, and, and they need a drive to, to tie the game. And, uh, you know, they're throwing the running back flare bubble, whatever you want to call it. And he's going out of bounds to conserve time. But that was an eight-yard gain. Again, too much, especially if it's not a two-score game. Um, the very next play, you know, uh, running the same play. Again, a lot has to happen for this to work out well. Again, this ball is thrown behind, so it allows us to take two or three extra more steps. He's going out of bounds to conserve time. We might have been up by ten, but – uh, that's not really the point. Um, and you can just see them going back to it, going back to it, going back to it. But eventually, you know, the offense coordinator is going to get impatient. The quarterback's going to get impatient. And they're going to fake the bubble. And they're going to throw, throw, try to throw the deep one. And, and again, this isn't the greatest camera work. But when that ball's in the air, the corner's on top of his guy. The safety's on top of his, his verticals. And this is actually the linebacker trying to, trying to run with it. So again, we're not going to ask that safety so- to try and cover those two guys and at the end of the day we won the game went to the playoffs because you know a bend don't break the you know we gave up a couple first downs on the bubble but you know at the end of the day our kid our kid that's made.
0: exactly what bend don't break is like hey we're going to let you have a little have a little have a little and then they just your guys didn't break they had Good. to play and and like you said the OC got got impatient the quarterback got impatient and he threw a ball where there was nobody really open.
1: Yeah. So I got a couple of drives and things like that where, uh, that, I can, that I can show real quick. And I'm going to skip that one. Um, but you can see they went down the field. And then they, they got down to the two-yard line and went backwards. But this is kind of interesting. I, I know this, this clinic can't go forever, but I, I, could, I could talk all day. But we actually won this game. At the end of the day, we won this game. We had 37 points to, to their 12. But look at the stats. You know, yep. we gave up a lot of yards, and I think they turned it over three times for some reason. You guys know how huddled, or right. the stat people do their jobs and things like they do a fabulous job, but that's that that's not right. But no, that's it. That's that right there is
0: Ben. Don't break at its at its finest. You yeah. guys scored thirty seven points. They had almost four hundred yards, and there were twelve point score.
1: Yeah, and and and, and, they, and they scored. You know they, they moved the ball a lot. It, it was really weird? This is one of the weirdest games I've ever coached in. But look how many rushing attempts they had and passing attempts they had. I, I, I said Holy I like man. math. What is that? Seventy eight. Yeah. Seventy eight plays to r thirty four. You know it was it was we it was it was a crazy game. But we we there was a lot of toughness from our defense that night. We gave up twelve points. Um, we had a pick six and we had a uh, a deep. Uh, special teams play that, that took the ball pretty deep in their territory, but other than that, you know, we gave up 400 yards of offense, and of course, we use that to challenge our team the next week. But that's kind of that's kind of a, a, a screenshot of that. But here, here's here's a good one. I think we can go over. Um, we're playing uh, we're playing Franklin Week 11 of the playoffs. This is 2016. They're running that running back flare that everybody loves to run on us. Right? You've seen a few of those. And that kid's playing at Cincinnati, a pretty darn good player. Uh, but they get 14 yards. Again, I think we can all agree that's too much, um, but they're not gonna run that every play. And I don't even think they went back to it very often, but you know, we were really sold out on defending him in the run game um, and, and did a pretty good job here uh, of a zero yard gain. And I'll go through these plays quickly so uh, we get down to the red zone. But here they are in a second and 10. They're trying to throw a hitch. Again, we get a lot of hitches, a lot of bubbles, incomplete. Third and 10, okay, they go five wide. Uh, We're, you know, we're sitting in cover four. Um, And and they throw, again, left hash all the way out to the number, it worked out for him. You know, he caught it. And our our corner's giving way too much cushion, uh, way too much cushion for my liking. The outside linebacker needs to get a little bit more width and things, and they do convert this for a first down, which again, It's too much, Uh, but, you know, we've made them snap the ball again, right? They're snapping the ball again. They're going back to their run game on first down. Uh, That wasn't successful. Second and 11, we want to force the ball underneath when they throw. Here we are forcing the ball to the tight end underneath the arrow concept. Again, that's eight yards. Seven yards, probably too much, but it's a third and three, and we've been, you know, this is the opening drive of the game. We've been pretty good against the run game so far. They go back to the run game on third and three. We make it bounce. It loses two, and we get them into a fourth and five. You know, we've we bent, we've bent, we bent. Heck of a play call right here. Middle screen, they got us. They got us pretty good there. Shoestring tackle saves a touchdown probably. Um, they're down in the red zone now. Uh, we're, we're defending the run pretty good. Kind of, you know, probably a two-yard gain there. They, they, they hit us for a penalty hitting the quarterback when he's carrying out a fake, but that's another story. Uh, you know, I think guys' just bodies collided or whatever. So you see the gain of 10 there. Ball's now on the 10-yard line. Um, so they're in the goal line area, and they go to pass, and it's a sack. Um, our guys are excited. Second and 15. Second and 15, they look to the sideline. Again, we'll give up the underneath stuff, and they throw they throw a comeback over here. Again, too much eleven yard gain on the second and fifteen, but our DB doesn't allow the yards after catch. We got guys rallying to the football there, so it's a third and four. This is one of my favorite plays because, you know, I think if you've ever heard me talk about the red zone defense on, on any other podcast or anything like that, like as a head coach, one of our biggest goals every single week was win the red zone, because that's where games are won and lost. Offensively score in the red zone, defensively give up a certain percentage uh, of, of points in the red zone. But they're going to run. They're, again, they haven't been very successful in the run game. Uh, we've been dialed up on that, and they, they tried one there and didn't get it. Uh, but this is my favorite clip. I just, I'm just going to – I'll probably show it twice, but l- watch the white jerseys. I think this is a totally different conversation, but going back to preparation and watching film and what plays are they going to run on the three-yard line and on the goal line, you know, our kids were really ready for this situation because we work on the red zone so much because we know we're going to be in the red zone because we've been. But look at the white jerseys. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys flying to the ball there. A lot of hats at the ball, Coach, that's for sure. And, and I think that, you know, this was four or five years ago, but, man, we knew what play was coming, and, and, and sometimes that doesn't matter because they execute it better than we defend it. But if you bend, don't break, be prepared to be in a lot of red zone situations. Um, and our kids and just are, have your kids ready. Yeah. You know, have your kids ready. Have, have your, you know, we, we gave up, I think, uh, maybe one fourth down conversion there, maybe two. We gave up a third and ten. We gave up 11 yards on a second and 15. Um, but here they are kicking a field goal and that didn't work either. That was not a fake, that was a fumbled snap. And obviously they they fumbled the ball there. So zero points on the opening drive for a 10 and 0 team. You know, we were felt like that was that was pretty good. Um, this 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 drive, I'm going to I'm going to zoom out here and just just quickly show show the guys at home, you know, uh, cuz this 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 is one of my favorite drives cuz it was a 24 play drive in 2000 um 18. The, the clip starts on play 75, but it's a 6, 2, 4, 7, 5, 6, 1, 4, 12 was the biggest gain they had. As they drive, matriculate down the field. 4, 5, 0, 11, 3, negative 2, negative 5 penalty. And so let me just kind of fast forward. And now it has played 93. So there's been 18 snaps. Holy cow. It's crazy. It has been 18 snaps. It's fourth and eight in the red zone. This is the situation we're built for. You know, we're built for this situation. We're going to dial up a blitz, and somebody loses contain. Holy cow. Like, that's just so heartbreaking, right? Right. But let's just play the next play. We make him make another snap. Um, You know, they they run up inside. The quarterback tries to pull it. Our DN's there. And this is uh, sliced up with the end zone shots there, too. You know, they they give it to the running back this time. He gets to the one-yard line, okay? Um, You know, we don't really have a goal line defense as far as, you know, these seven guys. No special package, right? No special. We do do have one special package. But the ball's on the five, and most people freak out like, oh, you got to get your goal line defense out there. You know, we, we do have a special package, and I'll show you that next clip. But, you know, we can cover, we can blitz or we can cover all seven of those gaps with our seven guys. We don't feel like we need a special package because if you need a, or I'm, I I kind of contradict myself, if you have to work on your special package, 20% of practice, then you got a problem with your base defense uh, and your red zone defense. So they get to the one yard line. That's when you'll see our special package. Um, and, and there I was screaming it out. So down on the one-yard line, we're going to give you a six-two versus a five-two. We're going to play two nose guards—one's on one side of the center, one's on the other side of the center—but everybody does the exact same thing that they're supposed to do. And, and down around the red zone is, is there's no time to bend anymore. It's, it's time to it's time to blitz, you know. And we we did a perfect job of scouting scouting that. They didn't execute blocking that, uh, but we you see we got our two nose guards here. Our tackles are are still head up because you know we play a fifty, right. or maybe in a four I, um, and there's our defensive ends. So everybody's doing the exact same thing. We're not having to teach kids different techniques and things like that. We're just able to be in a fifty, but have two nose guards. I mean, it's, it's and, and so we can. Where's the one place we can blitz right through there, and we end up we end up getting them. Fast forward to the next play. You know, uh, they take a timeout, uh, they, they line up, they false start, fourth and 10, they're lined up for a field goal, and then I run out on the field and take a timeout, they made the field goal, um, I'm unhappy about something, <laughs> uh, you know, they made the field goal, so they it's fourth and ten. This is clip 100 now. It's been 25 plays or 25 clips at least, and they're trying to throw a comeback over here to where we got five guys in the end zone. Now they're all not five in the picture, but you know we, we're you know we're, we got the outside leverage by the corner, the, the defensive ends underneath, the safeties over top, and we kind of show that clip of that has been don't break and and that was another crazy game because you know when you look back to the stats again. They had 74, wow, that's the exact same number. They had 74 offensive plays to our 39.
0: And yeah, that that is big don't break for sure, coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a crazy, crazy game. Um, and it was fun, but, you know, uh, that was a senior night for those guys, and, and they ended up beating the rivals, and all was good. So, that's what I got. I hope uh, you learned something. I hope you guys watching the podcast learned something, and,
0: Coach, that was awesome. That was that was that was really good stuff in there. And you know, I I can I can tell you, I've I've we've been to places where I could we've had to play bend don't break, and there's been times where you can do a little bit more. You know, we got those corners that can man up on the outside, and you can play a little, you know, nine on nine football if you if 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 you have those, but you got to have those guys to do it. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, we we don't get to recruit our guys. We got who we we got who we got. So. Mm-hmm. All right, coach. Well, it is called Game Rapper Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. So let's hear. Who's the best game wrecker you've ever coached?
1: The, one of the best game wreckers that I've ever coached uh was was a nose guard at Greenan. He ended up going to Wittenberg. Um and we used him as as the one technique most of the time, sometimes as the three technique. Uh it was a 40 defense. Uh but his name was his Josh Bannock, and Derry actually played with him. Uh, so I know he'll he'll remember that. Uh he, he was he was the defensive player of the year on a four and six team, if that makes sense. That's he, awesome. He, I mean, he's, he's good. <laughs> a guy, yeah. He was a guy that, that everybody had to double team. Um, he was, I mean, in my 13 years of coaching, he's the only kid that we've ever said, like, hey, slow down against the scout team, if that makes sense. Or we literally had to script plays. I mean, we weren't that talented, uh, if that makes sense. And nobody's scout team is better than your other team. But, right. We we literally had to okay if we're gonna run a third and three play against our scout, you know Bannock's got to come out for that play because
0: otherwise he's like, gonna blow it up and you're not. Yeah, gonna work that.
1: he's gonna put Derry on his back and you know we got to get Derry Derry a break or whatever.
0: But, right, absolutely. But, hey, I understand it. You know everybody's got
1: those kids too. So and then hey. he went to, he went to Wittenberg and their coaches when I became a head coach their coaches came back and said I don't know how that kid came to Wittenberg because he was, he started as a freshman. I don't know his stats and everything, but they kind of personally told me that he should have been a division one kid. And um, not that that matters, but he, he enjoyed his time at Wittenberg and he was a heck of a player. Right. Great. All right. Now, coach, what's the biggest slobber knocker hit you've ever seen
0: as a player or coach?
1: The biggest one I've ever seen was, was, was on a, was on a punt return. Now my internet's a little unstable. There it goes. I was on a punt return. That was before the blindside block days. Uh, where we had a return set up down our sideline, and uh, we we hit we had two really good hits on it, uh, but the third one was the linebacker coming up to clean the alley, and he just drilled this guy. Um, and I don't want to say who, but I mean right. it was it was right in front of me. So when you you know you ask me that question, that's the first thing I think of because I mean I was I was the head coach, and it was it was my first game ever as head coach actually. Okay. And so I, it was, it's been it's been a while since I've been on the sidelines. <laughs> it was probably second quarter and it just, I just can hear that hit today. It was a big one. Hey, back, back when we could do those things, those things seem to happen a
0: lot more than they definitely do today. Yeah. All right, coach. So we're ending up here and I call the segment, bring in the house. Five rapid fire questions. You got to give me your initial response. And like I said, you know, I, I was given a little help on some of these.
1: So <laughs> uh, the best college tradition. Best college tradition. I, I, I have never seen this, but I, I, I like the, the one that they talk about, Tennessee, where they, they come around the corner, um, and, and, and the people are just screaming and yelling. You know, I like the Ohio State walk after after the skull session, but I, but we live in Ohio. So I know there's some great ones out there, but I've heard a lot of great things about that, that Tennessee uh, turn around the corner. The it,
0: it is. Hey, when they run through the tee, it does get awfully loud in Newland Stadium. All right. Okay which is the better series the buck series or the jet series
1: oh come on man the jet series all you got to do is block the end and the corner and you're going to get seven yards that's a great play because uh I, we got another hour or what we got it. <laughs> because that's the seventh grade level at the eighth grade level you know that's a very successful play for them it's very inexpensive You've got to block the end. you got to block the corner. You're going to get seven yards at that level. And those kids get confident running that stuff. So when, that, when they got up to me at the high school level, you know, they, they already knew what to do, and, and we just enhanced it and tried to get better at it. But, you know, I love the Buck series too, but it's very expensive. Very. All right.
0: Who's your favorite Buckeye football player of all time? You can pick
1: one. Favorite Buckeye of all time? Probably Andy Katzenmoyer back in my middle school days. Okay. Uh, wrecking, wrecking Havoc. Wrecking Havoc. You know, I looked up to him uh, playing linebacker in my days. and, and, and I was, They unretired 45 for just him. Yeah, and then the neck roll and all that good stuff. So. Oh, yeah.
0: Back when shoulder pads were, like, huge.
1: Like, yeah. they were big. All right. S- yeah. Steak or seafood? Oh, for sure steak. You know, got got to have some A1 sauce on there and things like that, but (laughs) definitely steak. All right, now, I have been
0: told that you are the best NCAA 14 (laughs) football player of all time.
1: Yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, the NCAA football hasn't came out with a new game since 2014. Now, I've had some kids and things have happened, and I haven't played in a very long time, but I have not been beaten since since the game came out. Uh, no, I'm just telling you. There was, somebody there, told me Somebody told me to ask
0: this question specifically. If you've got to bet the mortgage on you, and you you have to win the game, are you going to play Coach Fenwick or Coach Derry?
1: Oh, man, yeah. I've, I've played Derry many times. So, and, I, and he'll tell you that I'll get up 14 on him and just start playing Ben Don't Break Defense, and he'll throw an interception. So, uh, you know, I, it, I used to play all the time. Uh, with, with kids. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd invite the seniors over to my house and we, we'd play, And but I hadn't been beaten, and I haven't played in three or four, I don't know how what, how many years, but I hadn't been beaten for a very, very long time, but every single season, November would roll around, and I'd invite guys over to the house, and, and nobody ever beat me. And i I'd just use that Ben-Don't-Break defense, man. It's been awesome. <laughs> so you're going to play Coach Derry? Yeah, I'm playing Coach Derry because I beat him many times. I don't awesome. Know if- Fenwick's not not married. Well, neither is Derry, so they, they got more time on their hands. And <laughs> I got kids, so I gotta go with, go with Derry. <laughs> Coach, this has been awesome. I appreciate you coming on here
0: talking about Ben. Don't break defense. Um, uh, good luck to you this upcoming season, um, and uh, I can't wait to see how well you guys uh, turn out this year at, over there at Tip. All righty, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you turning into another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. Tune in next week when you'll hear another version of defense.